Welcome to Homilies Plus. I'm Deacon Adam Conk, and each week I'll share with you one of my homilies, plus a great unscripted conversation further exploring the scriptures with guests from around the world. Whether you are a devoted Catholic or exploring your faith, join us for an encounter with God's Word through the Holy Scriptures. This week you'll hear my homily on understanding from Tuesday is the sixth week in Ordinary Time, year two. The first reading is from the letter of St. James, chapter 1, verse 12 through 18, in which James is warning against temptation and sin. And our gospel is from the gospel of Mark, chapter 8, verses 14 through 21, in which our Lord is critical of his disciples for their lack of understanding. After the homily, we'll have a great conversation with Catholic Answers apologist Carlo Brusart. Catholic Answers is a great apologetics apostolate based out of San Diego, California. You can find out more about Catholic Answers at catholic.com. Do you still not understand? As we gather on this Tuesday of the sixth week in Ordinary Time, Mardi Gras, Shrove Tuesday, our last day before the Lenten journey to the cross with our Lord, the last words of today's gospel passage can serve as a meditation for us throughout our day, whatever we happen to be doing today on this Mardi Gras. Do you still not understand? Understanding is one of the most important aspects of spiritual growth and perfection. It is both an intellectual virtue, so something we can cultivate and grow in through our own efforts, but it is also a gift of the Holy Spirit, a perfection that God gives us as pure gift that aids us on our path of salvation and in our relationship with Him. To understand something means literally to stand under it, to be in the midst of it, to have a direct knowledge of something that we can see in it versus being out of it where we can only know through what others tell us or what's on the surface. But when we understand a truth, we see the principle itself, the truth itself, we grasp it. In Latin, the word intelligere is where we get the word intelligence, is literally to stand or between the reading. We have the phrase to read between the lines, right? When someone understands something, they're able to read between the lines. They see between the words themselves, between what's on the surface, to the deeper truth behind the words or the signs or what's happening to them. And so someone with understanding speaks of what they know directly. And someone who lacks understanding can only speak of something we've heard about or heard others speak about who actually understand. And understanding is an intellectual virtue, meaning it's a, a firm, stable disposition of our mind that we can cultivate. And St. James, in our first letter, the whole letter of St. James is wisdom and understanding about the truths of God. And many of the letters of the New Testament are invitations to go deeper into the truths of faith behind what is obvious and when we work on our understanding, when we actually make effort to read the scriptures regularly, to read about the scriptures, those who have commented on them, especially saints, we grow in our understanding of divine truths, and this helps us to avoid temptation. St. James, in teaching us about temptation, gives us understanding that God never tempts us, 
Rather, it's our own desires and the enemy that tempt us into sin. And we're reminded of our Lord who gave that passage of the seed that's sown on many hearts. And the one who lacks understanding, that seed, the word of God, is able to be taken away easily. And this is the danger of lacking understanding. How many Catholics leave the faith because they don't understand the Eucharist and who is in the Eucharist? Behind the sign of bread and wine is the reality, the body, blood, soul, and divinity of Jesus. Temptations can take us away easily when we lack understanding. And so for our part, to grow in this virtue of understanding, we should study our faith. It's not enough just to go about our day and say our prayers and lack understanding of what we're saying or what we're doing. We have to meditate and study on what is the meaning of all of this because the what is actually a who. It's Jesus himself. And so the more we come to understand our faith, the more rooted it becomes in us, the less temptations will take us from him. But understanding is also a gift of the Holy Spirit that God himself would breathe his spirit into, into us for us to intuit the deeper reality behind the truths of the faith. So when we read scriptures, the Holy Spirit will aid us to see beyond the obvious and the surface, but to the deeper divine revealed truths. And this is what the disciples were lacking in the boat with Jesus in our gospel today. A typical situation, the disciples forgot to bring the bread on a boat. And if you've ever done that, forgot to pack your sandwiches or whatever you need to do, long day on the boat, it's not a great feeling, but you're going to get through it. And then our Lord uses it as a teaching moment. He says, watch out for the leaven of the Pharisees, the leaven of Herod. But they didn't get it. They didn't understand what he was saying. But more importantly, they didn't understand who was saying it. So our Lord tells them, did you not see the signs when I fed the 5,000, fed the 4,000? One loaf of bread is plenty for us. They didn't understand who was in the boat with them. And so it is with us, those who spend, of us who spend a lot of time with Jesus. We come to Mass regularly. We pray our rosary faithfully. We do, we do all the things with the Lord that he calls us to do. We can lack understanding too. And the words he gave to the disciples could be us. Do you have eyes but not see, ears but not hear? When we lack understanding, especially the gift of understanding, we can't see who God is in our life, that our Lord is God made flesh and he provides everything we need because he loves us. And we can get anxious and worried about many things because we don't know who he is that loves us. And so today as we prepare ourselves for the holy season of Lent, we can ask the Lord for this gift of understanding, but also make a commitment that during the holy season of Lent, we are going to cultivate this virtue of understanding in our own intellect by studying the faith, by growing in our own understanding, by reading the scriptures. It'd be a good idea to choose just one great book to read during the holy season of Lent or one podcast or whatever way that it helps you have a deeper understanding of the truths of the faith. Commit to that during this holy season, but also beg for the gift of the Holy Spirit so that our Lord will give us the understanding that we need to love him. Amen.
joined for a great conversation with the one and only Carlo Broussard, the Cajun Catholic apologist. Hello, Carlo. How are we doing? Hey, Deacon Adam. <laughs> this is not our first introduction to each other. Uh, you and I go back pretty far, huh? Indeed we do, my friend. Indeed we do. Thank you so much for having me on your new brand spanking new podcast, Homilies Plus. Man, what a brilliant idea. I love it. <laughs> yeah, so Congrats on that, man. Oh, thank you. Thank you. And uh, it's been really fun to talk to folks like you about the scriptures and, and ideas that come from them. Um, because, you know, clerics give homilies all the time, but to hear from lay people their thoughts on the scriptures and have that uh, platform to make that happen has been edifying to me. I've grown a lot. Awesome. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I'm more than happy to share whatever thoughts ping in the mind. Well, before we get started, Carlo, tell us about you and your work. Well, I'm a full-time staff apologist and speaker for Catholic Answers, based out of San Diego, California, and a member of the Chancery Evangelization Team at the Diocese of Tulsa in eastern Oklahoma. Moved here to Tulsa eight months ago uh, to begin work in this new partnership between Catholic Answers and the Diocese of Tulsa, which involves me hopping around from parish to parish doing ministry. Uh, giving Bible studies, classes, seminars, talks on apologetics, talks on biblical studies and theology and basic catechesis, whatever the pastor's needs are that my training as a Catholic Answers Apologist can meet, I meet those needs if they want to utilize me. And at the same time, continuing to do my work for Catholic Answers on the national platform, so continuing to do my writing, Catholic Answers Live, on the radio, my podcast, Sunday Catholic Word, which is produced by Catholic Answers, and also continuing to travel the country and doing parish missions and talks and stuff throughout the country. So having a ball, it's a lot busy. Seems like I'm doing more work than ever before. <laughs> but it's good, but it's good work. It's fun work. And we're we're getting settled here down here in Tulsa, meeting some really good folks, man. I tell you what, Adam, mm -hmm. these folks in Oklahoma a little bit more like home, man. So we yeah. got some good folks here. Having a great time, and yeah, man, just rocking and rolling. And I'm streaming here from the Chancery Studio. So we actually have a Chancery Studio that I sh uh, do all of my live interviews out of for Catholic Answers Live and any interviews like this. So it's a pretty sweet gig. It is. So that's where the magic happens when you're on Catholic Answers Live. You're sitting this, right. That's right. This is where the magic happens, man. Yeah. Well, a little behind the curtain uh, for our, our listeners and viewers that your podcast I listen to every week. And so it ends up come, you know, showing up in my homilies from time. Oh, thank you, man. Well, I'm so delighted. So that's uh, the Sunday Catholic Word, your Mr. Sunday podcast, right? So Yeah, Mr. Sunday podcast. They developed this Mr. Clean looking kind of logo <laughs> for me. You can get stickers and coffee mugs and stuff at shop.com catholic.com but mr sunday podcast.com is where people can go to download and subscribe to the podcast also sunday catholic word.com is the other url for the podcast and right. recently here in tulsa in the diocese of tulsa i started my own catholic radio show called the catholic reason where i look through various look at various catholic claims concerning faith morality and culture and look at the reasons behind those claims, hence the Catholic Reason. It's a local radio show, but we do host the episodes on my website at carlobrusard.com, just under the audio tab there, The Catholic Reason. And I'm three episodes in. We just started it, and so we're rocking and rolling with that. It's just a, it's a show, open-ended apologetics, you know, just picking a topic and 
uh, talking about it for an hour. Yeah. Well, on both of those, so your uh, podcast for the Sunday Catholic Word and then your new program, uh, this is why I thought of you for this, this, these readings, because as I was praying with it, I mean, it's clear our Lord, you know, he's inviting us to a deeper understanding of him and the faith than what might be obvious or what might be right. surface level. Um, and he was fussing at his disciples for kind of lacking that context, that understanding. Um, Don't you understand? <laughs> I felt fussed at, man. I was like, <laughs> I know, right? You kind of read and you're like, man, Jesus, I kind of mean there. <laughs> Well, I don't, I'm sure I don't understand tons, and uh, I'm sure our Lord's very patient with me, but he probably looks at me and says, Adam, don't you understand yet? Um, yeah. But yeah, that importance of understanding our faith and uh, for that faith to, to be rooted and grounded and remain, especially a lifelong faith. Yeah. Um, I was, that's one of the reasons I appreciate your, your podcast so much and the work you're doing is that um, apologetics is designed to explain and defend the faith so that we are right. very clear about what we believe and what we don't believe. Uh, so that our faith can can remain rooted in our life. Yeah, amen. Apologetics is a, a vehicle, basically, that allows for us to get, go further and penetrate the mysteries of faith, both in th the theological realm, uh, like within speculative, speculative theology and systematic theology, as well as in biblical theology. And so, you know, there's all different kinds of starting points or entry points into that deep dive into what the scripture is trying to reveal to us, what our Lord is revealing to us in the scriptures. And apologetics is kind of one entry way among many others. And that's kind of like what I'm, that's what I'm doing in my Sunday Catholic Word podcast is using apologetics as sort of an entry point to meditate on God's word and to pull out those deep truths that are embedded within the sacred text. Well, let's, can we start there is, is, you know, the, the scriptures are the revealed word of God. So why would there be anything deeper than what's revealed? So in other words, like, why do we have to read between the lines? Why do we have to find mm. the context? Why do we have to dig? You know, what, what it is about the scriptures that kind of necessitate this deeper dive yeah. that we have to do as Catholics? Yeah, that's a great question. Uh, I think the answer that immediately comes to mind there is because it's not primarily a text written by a human author but it's primarily a text written by the Holy Spirit, by God. So it's 100% human author, 100% God as author. But given that God is the author, there's going to be multiple layers of meaning or application of the literal sense. So the literal sense refers to what the human author intended to convey in writing the sacred text. But because the Holy Spirit is inspiring the human author and the Holy Spirit is giving us these sacred texts within the context of the whole of salvation history, right? From the first human being until the last one and the final coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, that sacred text is going to have multiple layers of meaning and application. And so this is what traditionally uh, the church has called the spiritual senses of the sacred text. So the literal sense is what the human author intends to convey. And then you have three spiritual senses, which we can utilize or read the text through and look for in order to read the sacred text in harmony with the divine will within the plan of salvation. So the other, the, so the three spiritual senses would be the moral sense that is, well, let's just start in priority. It would be the uh, anagogical, 
analogical sense. That is how it refers to Christ, what it teaches us about Christ. The moral sense, and that would be how it applies to our lives, which unfortunately most Bible studies at your run-of-the-mill parish and even within Protestant circles, the majority of the interpretation is all in the moral domain. How does this apply to my life? That's a good question, but often it's focused on to the exclusion of the other senses. And so I always tell people, you know, the first sense, we got to get to the literal sense. What is the human author trying to convey? Secondly, what is it teaching us about Jesus? We got to start with Jesus, man, before we start looking at ourselves, right? (laughs) Yeah, that's Um, And so even after Jesus, I would say probably the anagogical, which is, that is how does this text point to the end times or the final cause, the final end game of salvation history, and then the moral sense. So we're starting with God and what he intends for us to know about the sacred texts and the truths it's revealing to us about Jesus and about the whole plan of salvation. And then based on that, we can begin to apply it to our own lives. And if we follow that model, then we'll rid ourselves of that tendency to become egocentric in Mm. our reading and interpretation of sacred scripture, because sacred scripture is not just about me. It's first and foremost about our blessed Lord. And then only in and through knowing our blessed Lord, then I can thereby know what I'm called to be and, and have that moral application so that I can conform my heart and mind to the heart and mind of Christ. That reminds me so much of the actual situation, right? So our Lord's in the boat with his disciples. Um, he says something profound that they don't get, but they turn inward. And so they think, oh, he's talking about how we forgot. Like we messed up. So he's talking about our moral faux pas. Good point. Yeah, yeah. And actually, what he fussed at him for was not that they didn't understand themselves, but they didn't understand him, that he was what in the What he was trying here. to teach. Yeah, because in the gospel reading that you know we're talking about here, Mark 8, 14 through 21, you know, he says, guard against the leaven of the Pharisees and the leaven of Herod. And then we're told they immediately concluded that it was because they, as mm-hmm. you just pointed out, that was a brilliant insight. They had no bread. They immediately turned in on themselves. This is an yeah. indictment on us, right? And what we failed to do. But notice there's an objective reality or target here that our Lord is proposing to them. And that leaven of the Pharisees, as Matthew would tell us in his version, is the doctrine of the Pharisees. Beware of the doctrine of the Pharisees and the scribes. And so that is what the apostles are called to come to know and understand so that they can rid themselves and not conform to that doctrine, but of course conform to the doctrine of, G- of, of our blessed Lord. Mm. Yeah, that's a great insight there. So the understanding of doctrine allows a person to be moral almost by nature, right? It's like, a, because I know who God is, and I know who I am in light of God, not just in light of my own thoughts, my own right. human doctrine, or whatever I come up in my mind, but yeah. who I am in light of God's truth, well, then, yes, I should act such and such a way or, or, or be such and such a way. But this priority of understanding the faith doctrinally so you can live a good life you're right, seems to be kind of an opposite uh, strategy in in a lot of circles today. Yeah, because doctrine is the the propositions of faith and what we call, quote-unquote, doctrine, the teachings given to us by the magisterium, are meant to express reality. 
reality that we cannot, some things, some realities we can know by natural reason alone, and God's just confirming it for us, but some realities that we can't know by reason alone, we call those the mysteries of faith. And only once you know reality and what is real, i.e. truth, can you enter into a relationship and live accordingly with that reality. Now, I say relationship because the reality that's being manifest to us is God himself and the person of his son, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit. Only when we have that reality in place of who they are as the divine being can we then enter into a, a, an appropriate relationship with them. And then the realities of the mysteries of faith, just with regard to the universe and us as creatures and God as creator and our relationship between the two, only when we know that reality can we then live in accord with that reality. And so that's the purpose of the teachings of the faith in our IE doctrine, to manifest to us what reality is so that we can thereby live in accord with it. And that's what you call theology and sanity, to quote <laughs> Frank J. Sheed's uh, book, Theology and Sanity, a masterpiece. Sanity is to live in accord with reality. Theology gives us that reality mm-hmm. so that we can live in accord with and thereby experience perfect human happiness. Or at least on the other side of the veil, the perfection comes then. <laughs> well, I love the insight. And it seems like there are two sides of a coin that keep that understanding from us uh, inwardly. So like one might be that we assume it's too difficult for us to understand or grasp. So we don't pick up the book or we don't listen to the podcast or don't whatever it's like or the opposite side of that coin also true from from us same people is uh i've heard it all like i get i get i get who jesus is i get who the trinity is i get what the eucharist is um so i really don't need to it's not that it's just me right like it doesn't cross our mind that actually what might move us forward spiritually is if we learned more about the mysteries we think we know or right. about the mysteries we think we can't know. Like, there's, there's no way it's too above us. Yeah. And, you know, a, a thought that occurred to me there is, you know, it's one thing. Is, one thing. <laughs> I'm talking to a Cajun here, man. You influencing me, bro. You bring it back by Cajun accent here. <laughs> one thing that came to mind was it's one thing to know the mystery of faith. And then it's another thing to fill it to appreciate its significance. So I'm just kind of talking for personal experience here. I know in my own life, like there are some mysteries of faith, some things in theology that I learned at the very get-go, and I knew the truth. I knew that it was so, but it, I didn't feel it like I feel it maybe at some other point in my journey of faith and in my journey of knowledge. I knew the truth, but I didn't quite know the importance of that truth or the significance of that truth or how it fits within the grand scheme of things in a clear way. But as I go along in my spiritual life and in my journey of faith, there are things that happen. I come to know new things. And so the old knowledge that's always been there now takes on new value, a new significance relative to me because I've grown. God didn't change. I've changed. And so that truth is now going to have a greater impact on me in a way that it didn't be before. So in response to people who might have that mentality of, well, you know, I know it all. I've, I've, we, same old thing. I've heard it over and over and over again, right? In all my life in Catholic education or whatever. 
Well, there's a failure to realize, you know what? The Lord might drop a bomb right here, a theological bomb for you at this moment so that you can further come to appreciate the significance of that mystery of faith that you already know. And this is why we have to be open, even for us who study theology and philosophy, right? Who have degrees. When we go to Mass, and it's just simple father up there preaching the homily, we have to be open enough to allow the Holy Spirit to minister to us, even through that simple little old pater up there, right? Who's preaching his homily, and be willing to be ministered through him who might have less education than us in theology and philosophy, but who can still be used by our Lord to to drop that theological bomb, so to speak, and help us come to a greater appreciation of the truth that I already know and I've heard it a million times. Yeah. When you're bringing up something so important, when we consider a, a life lived seeking understanding, seeking greater understanding of our Lord, is that the truth is simple. I mean, God is simple. And so there's this complexity uh, from our vantage point as we wade through the mystery, from mystery to mystery, from thought to thought, from truth to truth. But there's really just one big tapestry of, uh, of the simplicity of truth because God himself is one. Um, and that when we're learning God, we're learning he who has no parts, who has no complexity. And so sometimes, you know, these simple saints like St. Saint Joseph of Cupertino or, mm-hmm. or others that had this profound understanding but not from uh, their intellectual prowess, but rather from their intimate friendship with God. And not that those are exclusive. It's not like if you know a lot about Jesus, you can't be friends with him. In fact, they help each other greatly, right? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and St. Thomas Aquinas, in in the second part of the second part of his Summa Theologiae, question 8, article 1, where he articulates the gift of understanding, both in its natural mode and in its supernatural mode. The key, the, the, at the heart of understanding, is to penetrate the inner truth of things, right? So we can do that to some extent with the natural light of human reason, where we penetrate the inner truth of things that we come to experience in our human lives and think about. But the supernatural gift is a created light that God gives to us as a gift to the human mind to be able to penetrate the inner truth of supernatural mysteries that we cannot know by reason alone, but also too, Adam, to penetrate further, even deeper in the supernatural truths and the mysteries of faith. And I think that's where we get to what I was saying earlier, how as we journey along the, uh, in our spiritual life, we may know the facts, we may know that it is so, but the gift, the supernatural gift of understanding that comes with the Holy Spirit initially in baptism confirmed in the sacrament of confirmation enables us to go even deeper in the penetration of knowledge concerning the mysteries of faith. Mm. Yeah, and I guess we come to understand that really everything that exists is merely a a sign or even a sacramental sign of of the one who is existence himself. You know, like there's always a deeper meaning because everything gives glory to God and gives praise to God just by its existence. Yeah, you talking you, yeah, you you talking my language there Adam because St. Thomas Aquinas is all about that how every creaturely mode of existence from the rock to the blade of grass to you and me 
to the angels is a manifestation of the divine being slash divine goodness. Everything manifests the divine being and the divine goodness. Um, and so it's, it's a profound thought. And I got this label from Frank Sheed, getting back to Frank Sheed. It's, it's a matter of looking at the world as a God-bathed world. And I think mm. that, gets, that captures this gift of understanding in a very nice way because you're able to penetrate, right, through what the senses come to know. As St. Thomas Aquinas says, the sensitive power, sense knowledge, allows for us to know simply the external qualities of things in their particular mode of being, right? This thing or that thing and how it appears. But the mind, and especially elevated with the supernatural light of the gift of understanding, is able to penetrate through that sensible thing, that thing I sense, and come to know its essence, come to know it. Well, when I, when, with this gift of understanding, when I come to see that blade of grass as being sustained in a being by the creator, there is understanding because I'm seeing its inner truth. Its inner truth is this creaturely mode of being that's so radically dependent upon the creator. If the creator would stop willing it, it would lapse into nothingness, right? And that's just on the natural level. And then we can go and rise to the supernatural level and penetrating, like I hear the proclamation of the word of God through the liturgy of the word at mass. I read the sacred texts, taking in the data through my senses. But then when the gift of understanding, I'm able to penetrate into that mystery that is embedded in those sacred words. And that, of course, is a source of delight. It's a source of joy and it's a source of growth for us because it allows for us to enter, enter more intimately into our relationship with the Lord. Yeah, and that brings us right back where we started to that boat with our Lord and the disciples, where his admonishment to them was, don't you remember the bread? Like, we've fed the crowd of 5,000, 4,000, so why do you not yet understand? So these signs revealed who he was, but also his love for them, his providence for them, and how the blade of grass reveals that as well, right? So it's not, right. not simply that God exists and holds us grass in existence but he does so out of love for me that's right you and so this i mean understanding that makes life livable on a whole nother plane than just you know going to work and loving your family and trying to live a good life rather life is about uh this love of god for me that he's provi he's providing for me every step of my journey till i meet with him in heaven and that's what the disciples didn't understand they didn't right. need earth or bread, but bread was a creature that God holds in existence and could make more if he needs. Yeah. Um, yeah, and so it's a lesson of an, uh, abandonment to divine providence and trusting in the providential plan of God to provide for us what, what we need for the sake of salvation, ultimately, and even to some degree for our bodily needs as well. Yeah. Well, unfortunately, we're out of time. I feel like we just got started. I know, right? <laughs> I was thinking the same thing. <laughs> That's all right. We'll just have to come back and do it again. No, we will. And, uh, you know, I, I would encourage our listeners, if we ever have the temptation of, you know, I think I've heard it all before. I, yeah, I know about Mary. I know about the Eucharist. You know, Carlo, you've been at this a while, and I've never heard you say once, I think I got that done. Like, you're always, because there's always more to learn. There's always more to right. grow. So I want to encourage our listeners to to find Carlo, find his stuff, carlobroussard.com. Um, to follow and listen to his podcast, read his books, 
because uh, you have a great way of, of explaining the deeper truths in a way that makes them more accessible, which then puts us in the habit of understanding where we're looking for right. deeper truth. Amen. Uh, and we know that there is a deeper truth. And so uh, I want to thank you for your work. And um, yeah, thank you for your time today, man. Yeah, you're welcome. Well, thank you. Thank you for having me, Deacon Adam. It's always a blast, my friend. Yeah, we'll see you soon. All right, bub. Thank you.